The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Hello and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis and joined today by Matt Burns Peak and a second appearance for resident legal expert Charlie Myers. How are you doing, Charlie? Very well, thanks, Sam. Very well. Hates that introduction though, don't you? Mm. Loves it really. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get straight into that then. So, you've brought we've brought you on today to talk about the Sean Watson obviously situation signing with the Browns. Not only from a legal point of view, but you you had a look at the contract and thought that was very interesting. Mm. But first of all, they the path for the Browns to sign or rather trade for Deshaun Watson after about a year yeah. of those rumors fluttering around was the grand jury declining to indict him on two, two separate, well, two different grand juries yeah. it was. Um, yeah, so the, the, for those for those of the, the listeners that don't know what a grand jury is, that's it's basically in the US for, for criminal proceedings, they, um, they, they it's kind of like a mini trial where the, the prosecutors um, kind of call some of the evidence in the case in front of an actual jury um, hear witnesses um, and look at whatever other sort of key evidence um, in order to make a decision on whether they're going to realistically be able to convict the person. So it's not, it's, it's basically a, a question over the strength of the evidence. Um, and in this case, they obviously decided that um, that they didn't feel like they were going to be able to get a conviction against uh, Mr. Watson. Um, and so they declined to proceed. Yeah, and that did clear the way for the Browns to make quite a blockbuster trade. Yeah, it did indeed. I mean, yeah. Are you are you a little bit surprised they gave up this much, with still the possibility of something happening hanging over Watson's head? Um, no, not, not really. I think because in the NFL, the, the the chances of signing, you know, a top five, top ten quarterback at the beginning of his prime years, um, you know, proven. Uh, proven NFL high-level starter, sort of borderline MVP candidate. The, the chances of signing somebody like that are zero. You know, you, you never, mm. you, you could have, you could have the number one pick in the draft, and even if it's like an absolute nailed-on, surefire number one overall pick, like you know Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence. You know, last season showed that that's still it's no guarantee of, of success. Whereas. You know Watson. He's had I don't know off the top of my head how many years he's had in the NFL, but he's got better every year. And in the you know the 2019, 2019 yeah 2019 season, the last season he played, you know he was he was awesome. Um, and so yeah. you know a team was always going to going to go in for him. Um, and I think the sort of the interesting thing about about it and maybe the most sort of gross part about about it um, is that it was Watson's misconduct, you know, the, these horrible allegations that worked so massively to his advantage um, in this situation. So, um, but I'll come back to that in a second. But in terms of the actual trade itself, what was it? It was uh, the 2022, 2023, 2024 first round picks, <laughs> 2022 fourth round pick. <laughs> 2023 third round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick, um, and the the uh, Texans deal Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth round pick. I mean that's yeah. I don't really get that last part. But um, I, I'm so confused how that sixth round pick played any part. I like the Browns yeah. are like, yeah, we we we're okay with giving all this away, but we don't quite think Deshaun Watson's yeah. enough in return. Yeah, it does feel like on Madden where you've just got to it's nearly at the green exactly. to accept the trade. You've got to throw in like some. Yeah, like seventh or, f- or sixth rounder. Yeah, that was exactly my thought. Um, but but so but basically, what what happened was um, because so firstly, the the Texans kind of helped the NFL out last season by just kind of benching him um, because mm. the the NFL decided that they I think effectively they didn't have enough because the sort of the criminal process and the civil uh, the civil trials haven't played out yet. So 
they they basically fudged it and said, well, we don't have, we can't, you know, we can't rule on whether he should be suspended or not because it's all still ongoing. Um, so he got paid his full salary last season for doing absolutely nothing, um, which again, I don't know how much that was off the top of my head, but you know, probably thirty plus million dollars, something like that. And um, but then because he because he had a no trade clause in his contract. He, he it effectively created like a free agency type situation where, you know, the Texans want to trade him, but they're not allowed to just trade him to the highest bidder. They have to trade him to some, they're, they're effectively forced to trade him to the team where he wants to go. And so, mm. you know, some people listening will remember when, uh, when Peyton Manning left the Colts, you know, he had this kind of free agent tour where he went to all the different teams and ultimately you know he landed in uh, landed in Denver but he was coming off severe neck injury um yeah. you know and and all the rest of it whereas you know Deshaun Watson's what is he 26 <laughs> in the absolute prime of his yeah. career um and so that's that's why we had this kind of ridiculous contract that he's ended up being paid um yeah so well sorry go on well i was gonna say that contract you mentioned that was basic because it looked like cleveland were out of the running that's what all the being chef um and rapports were tweeting on about and then looked like atlanta when they're driving seat and then this whopper of a contract does come along yeah well it seemed it seemed like he he thought he was going to to atlanta as well because he there was a there was a story that came out about him. He basically tried to recruit a few players to come mm. to Atlanta because he was basically assumed that it was a done deal. And then yeah, Cleveland were like, "Have all of the money." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the, it, it was kind of ridiculous. And his, his, the the press conference where he was introduced with um, with Andrew Berry, uh, the Browns GM, and Ken Stefanski, the head coach, was a pretty uh, sort of unedifying spectacle. It was just you know yeah. these. What what they if they were being honest, what they would have said is, look, we know this is really gross, but we're never ever going to have the chance to sign a player like this, so we just kind of held our noses and did it, whatever it took to get him. Whereas in actual fact, what they said was, um, you know, we did our due diligence, and and then there's Watson going that you know the, the money wasn't anything to do with it, and you know I didn't really know about the money, and you know, it's just. It's like, come on, mate. That's been one of the most difficult parts of the whole thing to sort of swallow, particularly as a Browns fan. You know, as an NFL fan in general, but particularly as a Browns fan. It's like this sort of, you know, barefaced lying in terms of the PR. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, I mean, again, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit here. Um, Yeah. yeah. In In terms of the actual contract itself, so... Again, for some reason, um, maybe I'm just a sad sad guy, but I I take quite a lot of interest in in NFL contracts. I find them really interesting just because unlike in sort of, you know, other sports like football particularly, which which most people follow or a lot of people follow, um, the the contracts are so transparent. You know, everybody knows how much everybody gets paid. Everybody knows in what year everybody gets paid what amount. And obviously, all the wrangling that takes place because of the salary cap, it just turns it into this like absolutely huge part of American sports. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, o- over here, it's just like you know, you've got whatever money you've got, you can spend as much as you want, and well, within reason now. Um, but yeah. it just makes it this whole kind of game within the game, and you have all these kind yeah. of, you know, th- these um, whole departments in an NFL front office which are just literally dealing with the, the mathematical management of the salary cap and mm. um, yeah so in, in the nfl usually you'll hear you know um whichever dallas cowboys star has signed a seven-year 180 gazillion dollar contract and <laughs> and everyone's like wow you know that's massive but with, with the NFL, there's always a, a catch, which is how much of that contract is guaranteed, how much of it is guaranteed at signing, um, you know, how much of it is sort of made up of, of uh, signing bonuses or roster bonuses or, you know, whether you're on the, uh, whether you make the team in year four, you get another chunk of money and, all, and it's all, 
it's it's kind of mad really that they have this mm. you, you have a situation where somebody might sign a, a five-year 120 million dollar contract the first three years maybe are fully guaranteed like, it'll be like the first two years will be fully guaranteed and then the third year will also be guaranteed but with a certain caveat or whatever stipulations and then yeah, you get the sport track guy tweeting don't you it's like yeah von miller signed a six-year 100 whatever million um dollar contract but it's really a three-year 80 million dollar contract exactly. after <clears throat> guarantees and they can cut him at this point exactly um and and until until watson um really the only sort of big multi-year fully guaranteed contracts um that's well known was kirk cousins um, when yeah. you know cousins, <laughs> he played the um, he played the sort of uh, franchise tag uh, roulette with uh, with the Redskins, where he got very very well paid for two seasons. Then he went to free agency yeah. and had his pick of a few different teams and was able to negotiate you know a fully guaranteed deal. But that was only three years, whereas the Sean Watson's new uh, five year contract is uh, is. $230 million fully guaranteed, you know, which is just, Crazy. that is like completely unprecedented in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and not I only... think we do need to pause for a moment and applaud Kirk Cousins for <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the best negotiator in the NFL because he did Outrageous. it again this offseason as well. Yeah. Despite everyone knowing that the Vikings have a ceiling with him, it's like, Don't yeah, what's our alternative? It. Not having a quarterback. Give him yeah. all the guaranteed money again. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. He, he's a, he's a, he goes in the uh, the business of the business of pro football hall of fame without question. With, <laughs> yeah. uh, with Sam Bradford and a couple of others. Um, Sam Bradford, but oh, um, but yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's crazy. And, and there's there's a couple of other sort of wrinkles to it that make it even more ridiculous. So, um, first of all, usually even if a player has you know guaranteed money. If they get suspended, then the guarantees avoided. That's that's how yeah. their contracts are usually are usually set out. Makes sense. Um, whereas in Watson's contract, the guarantees uh, there's language in there that basically protects the guarantees even in the event of a suspension. Um, so he's got oh that, which God. is unprecedented. And then the really gross part of the contract, which is you know just pretty extraordinary to be honest is that the, the way they um the way they've sort of apportioned the money across the different um across the different years and then um how they've divvied it up between salary and signing bonus um so in the for this season watson's base salary is just over a million dollars which is the, the minimum effectively um yeah. and the reason they've done it like that probably most likely is that when a player gets suspended um the only money that the nfl can touch or that they can so when a, when a player gets suspended they forfeit their base salary for that game week right. um so but they can't touch signing bonus because it's sort of viewed as like a lump sum sort of thing so right. giving watson that sort of contract setup of only having a million dollars of base salary this year it protects him from any financial penalty if he's if he gets suspended so if he gets suspended for the whole oh. season all he loses is a million dollars um whereas in actual fact he gets paid 46 million for the season um oh my god so, you said most most likely that's why there's a, have they come out and given any any reason why why that they've done it that way that's not just the blaringly obvious protecting Deshaun Watson and making him come to Cleveland yeah god. so they've said um they've said that it's salary cap related um which so that is something that teams do all the time um so ideally what you want to do is have um cash and cap sort of matched up so it's mm, kind of right. more consistent way of managing the salary cap over the long term whereas what a lot of teams do particularly when they've got a uh, a top paid quarterback is they kind of shunt the cap hit further down the road and they sort of keep and when you keep re-signing so a player might you might make you know um uh I don't know, forty-five million dollars in a, in a season, but then 
that will only be say $28 million of salary cap and the rest of the contract, the rest of the cash in the contract sort of gets kicked down the road, um, which, okay. which is fine if that player keeps is going to re-sign and you can keep doing it. So the, yeah. the Saints did that for years with Drew Brees, just kept re-signing him, sort of pushing his... I mean, the Saints are like seen as the sort of salary cap wizards of the league in terms of mm. just being able to kind of conjure up cap space. Um, yeah, Harry Roseman's using... another big one. The likes converting signing bonuses as well. Yeah, he does, Harry Roseman. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so, it, but what they've said is they've, they've, they've kind of tried to say that it's something like that. Um, but basically, but the, the numbers don't really back that up. Um, yeah. So, so there would have been the room to pay him a normal amount and be within the salary yeah, cap it's, limit. It's a conscious decision, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, their, their, their salary cap's still fine now, even with Baker Mayfield's 20 whatever million dollars salary still on there. Um, and from from what I've, I've so I was listening to an interview with um, with Joe Banner, um, the uh, former Eagles, he wasn't the general manager, was he? It was the sort of team president or something. Um, and he was saying that what you that the best way in purely sort of football terms is to get as much of the cap hit out of the way in year one, so that then in years two, three, four, etc. You've got more cap space to build out the roster, you know, sign right. playmakers and, and all the rest of it. And um, and also it wouldn't it's not really consistent with what the Browns have done with other sort of big money free agents like like um like Jock Conklin, for example. They did basically what Joe Banner said. Um so yeah. it's it's pretty obvious what they've what the the that that's what they've done, that they've done it because you know, they were out of the running and they've just yeah. thrown this absurd contract. Um, and that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's how Sean Watson's ended up uh, being a big winner of this whole situation, which, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Does it still affect, so it still, it doesn't like negate the salary cap entirely, just kicks it down the road. And does that make the eventual salary cap um, hit bigger than it would have been than if you paid it up front? Um. So, or is it sort of just even? You're just paying it later. Yeah, they've well. What basically what they've done is they've um, they've sort of prorated his signing bonus out in equal in equal instalments over the five years. But the cap hit um, is so that they've they've given they've they've incurred the maximum cap hit that they could have done this year, whilst also doing this sort of skullduggery that they've done to to get Watson out of his yeah. uh, out of his. Um, Costly suspension, but then the cap. So the cap hit for years two, three, four, and five is fifty-five million dollars, just shy of fifty-five million dollars. Um, Jesus, which is you know, which is obviously quite a lot. Um, and it's it's fine as long as the um, as long as the salary cap keeps going up, like it pretty much always has. Like it, yeah. Um, but then that, that's why a lot of teams got into trouble with the. Um, with the COVID, COVID year. with the COVID year, because um, obviously the revenues went down, so the cap goes down. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 what they've done there. Well, it doesn't feel nice, does it? It really feels very uh, shady, extreme. <coughs> yeah, it's very icky. Uh, it's definitely very icky. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the mad thing is that so Watson's kind of total contract now, it's like it's up there with the sort of top. NBA stars, which you know the NBA is kind of uh, again. I, um, whether any of your listeners follow the NBA or, or not, the, the the NBA has these massive super. They call them supermax contracts, um, where they, they have maximum contracts in, in the NBA um, to tie in with the, the salary cap. Um, and 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 Yanis Antetokounmpo, he signed he signed a, a new he signed a new contract in December 2020. Um, which just so happens is almost almost exactly the same amount as uh, as Deshaun Watson in total, um, fully guaranteed two hundred twenty nine million something like that. Um, wow! And I think I think I think Steph Curry's got the biggest total fully guaranteed deal, something like two hundred sixty million. Um, but for, for for an NFL player to have that kind of guaranteed money, as I said before, is just yeah, it's crazy. completely unprecedented, especially when well, the so likelihood many players is on the roster. You know, 
That's what I was gonna say, right? And he'll get another one because he's own. He'll be in what early thirties by the time his next, by the time this contract expires. Yeah. yeah. And then five years time, people won't even be talking about it anymore. Which is, Good. if he wins a Super Bowl in the next five years, like. Mm. Yeah. 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 He, he's uh, he's 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 going to do fine. His old uh, his old Sean. Um, because you know even if that, that's the craziest thing is that. Again, I've not I've not read the sort of absolute fine print of the contract, but as I understand it, with the protection that's in there for um, suspensions and all the rest of it, you know, let's say um, I think only eleven of the twenty-three uh, civil complaints against him has actually been investigated criminally. So let's say mm-hmm. that more evidence comes out about one of those other cases those could still go to criminal you know to, to, to a grand jury you know the ones that haven't been examined oh. already you still go to a so grand still jury still that big risk yeah and he, and he could still get <laughs> he could still get you know tried and convicted and sent to jail and he's still got this fully yeah. guaranteed you know fully guaranteed deal um, as far as i understand it um, and does that does that just cover like these cases as well or if he does anything else gets in any other legal difficulties it covers literally any suspension i don't know actually um I, all, all i know is that there's some language in there that it's um related to suspension because suspension is usually the trigger for um yeah for money going up in smoke effectively but that's what's where if, the protection is yeah if so if you know Say we have, like we said, one of these that more evidence comes to light, and Deshaun Watson eventually gets convicted and ends up in prison. Surely, at that point, if he's incarcerated, they don't have to pay his salary, right? That's probably illegal. That's because, probably like I mean, whether the American legal system, whether you still get I mean, salary. If, if you look at any, from what I mean, very limited professional career guaranteed, but um, like if you look at most employment contracts, like you do have that thing of you know. If you end up in prison or something like that, then they, your contract is terminated. They don't have to pay you anymore because yeah. you can't do the job, right? I, I would this, I would suspect that the the wording of, of Watson's contract probably would mean that he still gets paid even if he goes to jail. I, wow. I, that's what I would I would expect based on you know how how much leverage he's, he's exerted yeah. over it. I, I would I would be surprised if it didn't also cover that. Uh, um, yeah, I guess in the lengths they've gone to as well with all the suspension stuff, right? Like it sort of goes hand yeah. in hand. If he get, if he ends up getting suspended, there is there would also be a good chance that there would be some criminal stuff behind that that would lead to something like that. Yeah, I mean it, it's yeah. it's yeah it's a very sort of um, just you know I guess uh, to to sort of finish off the the sort of ethical side of the whole situation. It's yeah, um, it's it's just it's just horrendous. Like I mean you know you contrast it. Um, imagine if it was a, you know, a player who had, I don't know, like been caught committing, you know, 22 acts of serious or racism against, you know, against black players, for example, you know, I, I can't imagine that player would be in the same position. Um, but you know, the, the NFL yeah. just has such a, uh, a checkered history when it comes to sort of responding to domestic violence. I mean, you, you can you can look it up on there's there's like a sort of database on <laughs> online of, of all the NFL players that have been done for some sort of domestic violence or sexual misconduct, and it, it was it's like it's hundreds. It's, it's literally in the hundreds. And um, you know, That's even crazy. even now you've got like what like Tyreek Hill. He's he has a conviction for for domestic violence when he was in college, you know, got get, has got massive contracts. Come and played really well, got massive yeah. contracts. Nobody remembers it. There was the Joe Mixon incident when he was in college. He punched that woman in the face. You know, the video was there and everything. Um, although you know, the Joe Mixon one was a bit weird though. It yeah. was a bit. It was a. It was a bit of a different situation than domestic violence. There was someone harassing him in a bar. Yeah. That also then happened to be a woman. Yeah, by his by his account, yeah. Um, obviously, she denies that. Um, but I mean, there's there, there's there's millions. There's well, there's not literally yeah. millions, but there's 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 hundreds of Loads, examples. Yeah, yeah. Worryingly, not far off that though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and I mean, I think what one of the interesting um, comparisons that some people have, have made is with um, is with Michael Vick when he uh, when he had his right. 
legal troubles. Um, obviously, his was to do with uh, with dog fighting. Um, yeah, you know, not that I'm comparing women to dogs in any way, shape, or form, obviously. Um, yeah. But um, it, it, with with his situation, it's completely different. Like, firstly, mm. he he served his sentence. He, you know, he showed a lot of contrition and remorse and um, admitted everything and sort of, <coughs> um, you know, he, he kind of demonstrated that he changed and was really sorry. Um, mm. And he got a really small contract for a QB of his level at the time. Like he got effectively got a one year contract. Um, and, you know, whereas Watson, He's denied absolutely everything, and the th- and you know I think it needs it does need to be said that you know you are innocent until proven guilty. Like he, right? He, he is denying all of the you know he's denying all of the events wrongdoings, yeah. Um, and so it, it will be interesting to see how that kind of plays out because he sort of backed himself into a corner by by denying everything. He kind of has to sort of ride it out and um, yeah. You know, is does he take? Does it go all the way to trial? Um, you know, at that point, probably not, in, right? You know, in, in American civil trials, you have juries who decide how much uh, compensation somebody's awarded. So, you know, it could be in the tens of millions of, or hundreds of millions. Who knows? Um, or his entire Cleveland Browns contract. It could be. Yeah. Um, and then you know, but then you say, well, does he try and settle? But would these, you know, would these women? Settle without an admission of of liability, or you know, Gail, yeah. a lot of them, I guess, have said they're not after money. You know, are they would they would they settle? Um, so that, that it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Um, yeah. But whatever happens, I think um, I don't think uh, the Sean's going to be worrying about his uh, worrying about his bank balance. That's for sure. No. Well, I mean, it's. it's say the Tyreek Hill and all that stuff's been forgotten. But, I mean, Robert Kraft basically did on a small scale the same thing to Sean Watson's been accused of, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the exact, the exact, the, yeah. the, the exact same thing. And that's, like, how often does that get mentioned? Yeah. Which, which is a very good point, yeah. brings up a whole different argument about double standards as you go higher up. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with, with him it was... With, with him it, it was actual... Was it a prostitution? Yeah, I thing? think so. I, I think, think it was, yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, were, that, I guess they were, depending on your definition, of slight consent, differences. they were consensual uh, interactions. Um, but yeah, I, th- I mean, look, it's the fact is, if, if Deshaun Watson was a you know a a third string quarterback or a, you know an undrafted free agent wide receiver, he'd be he would never play again. Um, They'd be done, wouldn't it? They, it, yeah. it always ha- This is how it always goes in the NFL. Um, you know, talent is the, is king. You know, if you and and I guess in this, it's like any it's like any market, I suppose. You know, I think we do we talk we might have talked about this on the last time I was on, but you know, there's there's maybe twenty people in the, on the entire planet who can play quarterback at a competent level in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and never mind play at an elite level like like Watson undoubtedly does. So, you know, people as particularly now with how much of a premium is placed on quarterback play this that's the way the narrative goes these days everyone wants Mahomes and that Mahomes and Josh Allen championship game and so everyone thinks you need that's what you need in order to win so you know the Browns this success starved you know former butt of every joke they they they're they're desperate to win and so they've they've held their noses and they've, they've gone for it um, hoping that you know the PR side of it just passes um, over time. Yeah, survives the news cycle. Exactly. Um, I mean, the, the sort of the way the, the way you sort of unveiled told you everything you needed to know. Like if if it was a normal signing of a, of a player of that level, it'd be you know social media posts going all over the place, yeah. and it'd be the big news story of the week. But they kind of buried it on Friday evening. With the sort of mm. where you would bury like other like bad news, um, and then they had yeah. this sort of understated press conference, like somber, like a like it was like somebody was like retiring or just died or something. Um, it was they're, they're, it they're was kind so of weird, yeah. Trying to do it in a in a sort of tasteful ish way, 
Um, but they, it was very, it was very revealing the way, the way they did it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's difficult to transition out of that topic lightly. It's funny that, so obviously we've talked about the ethical side of it quite a lot, but the, the part that I'm most interested in, sadly, um, and maybe somewhat cynically, is what the sort of knock-on effects is for the rest of the NFL of this contract. Um, and there's there's some... And this this is the main reason I wanted to I wanted to come on and talk about it. It's just because I think it will be uh, seismic um, as time as time passes, um, particularly when it comes to uh, high profile quarterback contracts. Um, because yeah. you know if you're the agent representing a, a top fifteen, top ten quarterback coming into their contract mm-hmm. negotiations, they're, they're going to say, well. You just the Browns have just given this guy fully guaranteed five years. My you, guy, you saying you can't trust my guy as much as you can trust Deshaun Watson? Exactly. Is that what you're trying to say about my guy? Exactly. Uh, and, you know, well, I mean, the was all the... Say, um, the the teams will say, well, that was you know that was a that was an outlier. You know that he was a free agent effectively. You know you're only negotiating with us, and that's the fair point. But the agent will come back and say, yeah, well, my guy is not sexually assaulted 23 girls women um you know <laughs> my guy my guy mm. only uses the one massage therapist and that's the one that you provide you know, that, <laughs> my guy's my guy's never been suspended he's never missed a game you know? yeah and so exactly. well there's also there's also the case that qbs seem to always reset the market whether they're like sort of top yeah. 15 down yeah so like kind of so, murray all this stuff all his contract negotiating stuff was that coming out before Watson was traded anyway. Yeah, a lot. He's threatening. Well, he was like deleting all of his Instagram stuff. The I agent got very was, weird. The well, agent was trying to say that the Cardinals don't believe in Kyler Murray because they um, resigned Cliff and um, Steve Kime and not Kyler yet, despite the fact he's on like year three. Yeah, but yeah, now exactly. he's like, but like, like you said, then oh my guy doesn't do this, but it's like, well. We're negotiating only with you now, but we'll hold out. We'll we'll play the Kirk Cousins card. We've seen it work. People have seen us be a top ten quarterback in the league. Yeah. I'm more than happy to sit and wait. It's harder for you to find a new quarterback than it is for me to find a new team. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it, and there's there's a kind of there's probably five quarterbacks um, who are coming up who are going to all be in this kind of position. I mean, the yeah. the first one's Lamar Jackson, who's a free agent next summer. Yeah, you know, he's he's. This all all noises seem to indicate he's prepared to do this go down that sort of Kirk Cousins route, um, and the, the the funny thing and the interesting thing with Lamar is he doesn't have an agent, um, so I think that I guess that sort of makes it more likely for him to do something a bit more unorthodox like like that sort of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's, thing. he's not going to get talked in by an agent being like, "Look, Lamar, this is a really great offer. Yeah. Let's yeah. take this. It sets you up for however long." He could be yeah. like, no, I think I'm the best. I'm going to get that money. Exactly. And also, I think it's interesting with the guaranteed money because, I mean, it, it's quite obvious. I know Deshaun Watson's had injuries, but, you know, a lot of this has been structured with the view to suspensions, right? And gar- making sure that he gets paid even if he's suspended. Whereas if you look at someone like Lamar Jackson, how he plays and how physically he is and he's a runner, the likelihood of him being injured is probably higher. Yeah. So from that standpoint, he's well within his rights to be like, look, you've this guy's got fully guaranteed money to protect him from suspension i deserve fully guaranteed money to protect me from injury right but yeah but the thing is that's that's all um that helps the ravens more than it helps lamar though because they Mm. they can kind of say well you know if you want to you want to risk it playing on a one-year deal you know (laughs) that's up to you but we're not you know we're not paying that the sean watson level of money you know what we will pay you is you know we'll do three years fully guaranteed that you know and match the uh sort of annual salary you know we're not gonna we're not gonna cut you are we you know that that's how it's gonna that's how it's sort of gonna pan out with with lamar um and then you've also so you've you've got uh kyla murray we've already mentioned uh russell wilson he's got two years left on his deal um and then the really the the really interesting one of ones um are going to be justin herbert and joe burrow who um, yeah. Who are going to be obviously they've, they've they've got three years left, but what the way it usually works if you get a high level um, 
for, you know, first round draft pick quarterback, they usually do the extension. This would be the season when they would usually do the extension, where you basically take advantage of the last two years of the rookie deal in order to sort of front load the signing bonus so that the cap hits not as bad later on. Um, oh, yeah. And and so the reason the reason that's that's interesting is because of um, the rules um, around they call them they call it funding basically. So um, in the NFL, because it's the sort of socialist utopia, um, there's all these like rules about what the teams have to do with the money and, and all the rest of it. So basically, where you have guaranteed money the team has to sort has to front the guaranteed money and they put it in as like right. a deposit essentially. Um, so, you know, in the past, that's never been that big a deal, you know, where you've got like two or three years guaranteed, it's never going to be more than, I think the, the previous record was, uh, was something like a hundred and well, it was Aaron Rodgers just set the new record um, just before and he had, he had 150 million total guaranteed. Um, yeah. And so it's never been a big problem, but, um, you know, you've got owners who either aren't independently wealthy, like the Raiders, the Bengals, Broncos to an extent, although they might be changing owners soon. They're about to be though, aren't they? Yeah. Um, And then you've got the Chargers who have just paid $500 million cash to move to LA. um, And they're not, and they're not among the wealthiest owners in the league either. You know they're not they are they're multi-billionaires but they've just shelled out 500 million and so joe burrow yeah. and justin herbert who are now coming up to this sort of point you know that the the brown family who own the bengals do not have 230 million dollars knocking about um so is that just is that to prove that you could then afford to give this guy these guarantees you're not just throwing the contract out there and like have no way of honoring it yeah i think that's i, I think that's so, the right? i think that's the basic sort of premise behind it Makes sense. Um, so you, you you then have the Bengals and and the Chargers probably as well. You're in a position where they literally can't afford to give these, you know, absolute franchise quarterbacks what the market says they're worth. And so, you know, whether they change the rules about around um, the funding, I don't know. Um, but the pro- then the problem is that the funding rules are, are what stops teams from going ballistic with the you know <laughs> with yeah. the guaranteed money yeah. in part um so how angry are these teams going to be then at dan snyder for hiding income and not sharing it with the rest of the league oh he's a bad man oh they're fur- well, i mean they're, they're furious <laughs> in general with um with mr haslam that's for sure um i think yeah uh, steve bishotti was was pretty candid um in the owners' meeting, after the owners' meeting, he basically said, "Yeah, they've kind of screwed us, really. Um, the Browns have kind of screwed yeah. us there." Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, well, did you see the Dan Snyder thing as well? No, what was that? That's what seen the that. new? Well, sorry, sorry, the latest the, of yeah, the plethora exactly. of Dan Snyder things. <laughs> uh, he has been. So you know how Jerry Jones is the only one that's got like this deal with the NFL that he doesn't share income, and oh, they yeah. don't share him, so it's split thirty-one ways. Dan Snyder's basically been um, not admitting how much he's been getting from like ticket and <laughs> um, paraphernalia sales, and he's right. gone to Congress. because oh. you know he's in... so I don't know what ma- that man has to do to yeah. lose his franchise, oh, mate. But yeah. he's going to give it a good go. He's he's, he's yes. trying his hardest, isn't he? Um, <clears throat> but um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's going to be interesting to see where it goes with the quarterbacks because. And then, you know, how long before, you know, um, the elite left tackle in the NFL, how long till his agent starts saying, well, you know, I've, yeah. I've, I've been negotiating with this other team and they say they're going to give us a four-year fully guaranteed deal. You know, what are you going to do about it? How, how long till, yeah. you know, the, uh, I mean, not Aaron Donald because he's probably not going to be playing for that much longer, but, you know, a and other Mike, top top and, pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. I mean Miles Garrett. He, let's say Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa. You know when they come up for their their new contracts, what their agent? If I was their agent, I'd be pushing for some sort of you know three year fully guaranteed or four year fully guaranteed. And so Do you think there'll not... be some sort of agreement amongst the owners then? Be like, look, between the thirty one of us minus Jimmy Haslam, 
we've just got to agree we will not do fully guaranteed contracts. And if the next full, if the next few big ones aren't fully guaranteed, it might revert to the norm. Mm. But if a couple of them get on the Deshaun Watson sort of train, then there is there is no turning back from that. Basically, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Well, look, what the, um, there was. I guess we don't know how much um, the uh, the Saints or the Falcons were prepared to offer Watson or the Panthers. You know, you're gonna when you've got a team that's not had, you know, that's either never won a Super Bowl or not won one for however many years. You know, these billionaires they don't they didn't get to be billionaires by being sort of you know average Joe nice guy. They got there by being you know hard nosed businessmen. You know, like they're, they're competitive. They're, it's all a sort of dick swinging contest with a lot of these guys. That you know, they they want they want to win. So it, you know, there's no sort of um, you wonder is you know is there any honor among thieves when it comes to this kind of stuff? Are they, you know, the, yeah. all it needs is one. You know, like David Tepper. He's this. You know, mm. uh, I think he's the the wealthiest owner. I think in the whole yeah, NFL in terms of like independent wealth. Um, he wants to win, <laughs> and so would he have done the, the Sean Watson contracts? Probably, I don't know. Um, it just takes yeah. one. So yeah, and the floodgates are open. Yeah, it's difficult yeah, well, to, uh, well, to and, and that, sort of close Pandora's box once it's uh, once it's yeah. been opened. And whichever owner that is, they'll look at it and be like, "Look, I got my Super Bowl ring. That was worth it." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. it's like it's it's like how Les Snead probably feels. Like he, he probably doesn't really care what happens after next season in terms of the next four or five years because he'll be given the leeway to rebuild anyway. Mm. But they won a Super Bowl, which means throwing away the conventional of having draft picks, being not being up against salary cap. He, he's fine with that. Doesn't he? Doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. If it works, it's innovation, right? But, but yeah, the, the, the interesting thing about the Rams, I mean, I know I don't want to get sort of too far in the weeds and off topic, but <clears throat> they, they, they've sort of, it's, you, at a, at a sort of, at a glance, you look at what they've done and you think, oh, but, you know, they're just, they're throwing in their first round picks and just to sort of, you know, to get, taking this sort of short term view of things. But they, they also, they also have been quite clever about it and the way they sort of, where they sort of keep doing it and whilst also um they also the whole sort of philosophy generates um compensatory draft picks in the third and fourth round and they use mm. those to good effects like they've obviously they've got big high profile free agents but then they also um they've got like some third and fourth round picks who they've drafted who've been quite productive um it is the, uh, it's weird though i wonder if because they're not using their first and second, they, they're able to spend more time scouting later picks than a traditional fr- franchise would be, which is why they've yeah. had success there. Yeah, possibly. Or if it's just luck that's going to revert to the norm at some point. Yeah, possibly as well. Yeah, good point. Um, but it, it, be you know, to see which way that goes. Yeah, and, and you know, you think about you think about like the Carson Wentz and Jared Goff contracts, which. You know, because the, the, the big, the sort of the big ones that the Rams and Eagles gave out when it looked like these guys were both, you know, a couple, a few seasons ago, particularly with Wentz, you know, when, before he got injured in the Eagles Super Bowl run, was like a front runner for MVP, you know, playing incredibly, yeah. and it was a no brainer to give him a big extension. Whereas if you think, imagine yeah. if that was a, you know, the Sean Watson type contract, uh, you yeah. know, that would have absolutely crippled the Eagles. Um, and nobody would have been willing to trade for it. Um, so, what I, I think what you could end up seeing further down the road um, is um, some stuff might happen a bit like in the NBA. So, again, no, sorry to go back to basketball again, but in the NBA, you have m- most contracts are fully guaranteed, um, except when you've got you have. Um, like player options and team options for additional years, a lot of the time. Um, but basically, when it comes in the in the NBA, um, because of the fully guaranteed contracts, an expiring contract is seen as an asset because when you're coming up to when you're coming into a new season, you know having you might have a player that's been given a three-year fully guaranteed deal which hasn't panned out, and then another team might have um a guy who's on the sort of same annual salary but then uh, with only one year left and so the, the 
the contract with only one year left on it becomes a desirable asset because that's going to turn into cap space at the end of the season. And so right. you might you might find stuff a bit like um, again another like salary dump trades. Kind yeah, of things. exactly. A bit like when the Browns uh, traded for Brock Osweiler a few seasons ago, and the, you know the Texans yeah. gave well, they him traded was it they and the, yeah, Browns the Texans back. give the Browns a third round pick or something like that to take Brock Osweiler. I think it was a second. Um, I think it was a second. And so you know, you're going to have to do the same thing with Baker. Well, yeah, it's that that kind of. That it, you could see that kind of thing because you know the Browns put themselves in that situation um, where they they kind of you know a lot of a lot of the sort of QB hungry teams have already have already signed somebody or dra- or you know or are going to draft somebody and so you know the 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 Seahawks might sort of turn around and say well you know we want Baker but you're only negotiating with us um, we know you need to get rid of him. So mm. what are you going to do for us? And <laughs> it just completely sort of turns it on its head. Um, yeah. Which, and yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I mean, it, it might take a while for, for that to sort of filter through. You know, I think obviously we've had, we've had some big contracts being dished out around, in an, around this time, you know, to like Devontae Adams and, and a couple of other high-profile players where, They've, it's been the same old story. You know, it's basically a two-year fully guaranteed deal with a few sort of imaginary years tagged on the end of it. Mm, um, yeah. So that you know, it's not happened straight away, but you know, it'll start. It'll it, it'll start with quarterbacks, and then yeah, you know, it might. I'll be when that first quarterback one gets signed. Yeah. And, and like you said, because it's two poor franchises, it'll be interested to see how they how they deal with that. Yeah. Um, the other thing we wanted to talk with you today is last time you were on, we spoke about the Brian Flores class action lawsuit. Yes. And since then, a couple more coaches, Steve Wilkes, former Arizona Cardinal head coach, and I think he's still currently a coach with the Panthers. Uh, yeah. I think he's like, yeah, yeah, I, think he's, so. I think he's DB coach or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And Ray Horton, who is former Titans DC, who didn't get the job in 2016 after Mike Malarkey did. Mike Malarkey basically saying that he was made head coach before any Rooney Rule interviews actually took place. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then there's also um, added to that, there's, uh, Brian Flores is out, has also added the Texans to his um, to his claim because he's saying that they, um, he's alleging without any evidence, um, I hasten to add that the uh, NFL has kind of pressured the Texans not to hire him as their head coach because he was on the he was down to the sort of the last few um on the shortlist yeah. for, for the Texans job. Um but obviously they've hired Lovey Smith who obviously is black um and also has a bit of a mixed record, it's fair to say, as as an NFL head yeah, coach. Mixed you may be being generous there. <laughs> mixed, um, mixed, yeah. So you know does yeah. that I mean you've got to imagine that Flores has some sort of evidence, doesn't he, if he's coming out alleging that, right? I mean, it, they, yeah. I, I think if um, if they had it, they'd have they'd have shown it. Um, that, yeah, you know, that, true. It's still, I mean, you know, and I think I'll probably take take Wilts and, and Horton in turn, but um, they're, they're still they don't have that smoking gun. They just they, they still don't have it. I mean, Ray Horton. The, the Horton revelations is pro- are probably the most sort of striking, which is the you know yeah. this Mike Malarkey um, podcast. I mean, which is two years old. Fun- funnily enough, he-, he said it a couple of years ago on a, on a podcast. Um, wow. uh, but yeah, so the, I mean, the, one of the interesting things on that one is that they the, the, the Titans also interviewed Terrell Austin for that position, who was one of the people that Brian Flores named on his original lawsuit as being sort of evidence that there's of racism that you know this Terrell Austin despite his great resume has never been given a shot as head coach um but yeah uh, so Horton says that he um he was so he was the Titans defensive coordinator at the time and he says he was he was called at, at very short notice kind of like the day before um to come in and interview for, for the head coach job um, and he said when he was leaving his interview, he sort he ran into Malaki on his way in, and Malak, but Malaki had already been interviewed the day before, 
Um, and then Malaki was announced as head coach a few hours later. So, I mean, it's well, the way the way my brain works with this one was obviously they'd already interviewed Terrell Austin, who's a you know in, to comply with the Rooney rule. Were they? Mm. I mean, it's it's maybe this is feels um, like it's a, almost a loyalty thing yeah. to Ray Horton. It's like, oh, he's DC. We should probably give him a shot of the head coach yeah. interview rather than a. A Rooney Rule candidate, yeah. like you said, Terra Austin had already been or, interviewed. Or were they sort of <laughs> trying to? Um, I mean, again, this is this is sort of said with the benefit of hindsight. Were they trying to avoid any accusations of kind of a tick box exercise for Terra Austin yeah, by interviewing like two further the other way, yeah, candidates? Um, I think you know, obviously, the Titans have denied that there was a, that it was a sham interview. And look, I think the problem, the problem with something like the Rooney Rule, you know, as well intentioned as it as it may have been, is that it, it it's inevitable. It's going to create sham interviews. It's it's yeah. You know, it's not how most businesses work. You know, you, the businesses run on relationships. People hire people that they know and and trust, and it's not based on race. It's based on who they know. A lot of the time, and you know, yeah. it's it's such an old boys' club, the NFL. It's as we sort of hinted at um, when we were chatting before that it, it's, you know, you look down the list of NFL head coaches and how many of them are the sort of the nephew of a of a former GM or the grandson of a former coach or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and I guess that's that's kind of what the whole lawsuit's about. But that isn't in and of itself evidence of racism is I guess the what the, the point I'm, yeah. I'm alluding to. Um yeah and this it's just it's difficult to ever prove. Yeah it's unless they find an email being like, oh let's um let's hire let's um interview Brian Flores because we need to hire because we need to fit yeah, the room. need rule. a paper trail. Unless they find something explicitly laying it out, is there any way that they're ever going to be able to do anything really? Yeah. I mean I, I look at it a bit like um, it's it's a bit like, you know, you have like a massive uh drug problem in society. So let's, you know, let's arrest all the drug dealers and and have a war on drugs and all the rest of it. You, but you know that's fine but you're not dealing with the sort of underlying problem you know you're kind of you're attacking the symptom instead of the cause um mm. which is you know the, you know some of the um some of the measures that that Flores has asked for in his in the original lawsuit are more you know looking attacking the cause you know setting up pathways for young gifted um you know ethnic minority coaches and all the rest of it but that's the problem with something like the Rooney Rule. It's this sort of blunt instrument that doesn't attack the root yeah. cause. Um, so that, that's that's kind of my whole feeling on that. And then I guess the with with Steve Wilkes, he um, you know he hardly covered himself in glory in his in his one season with the Cardinals. Um, no. But you know they. This is a this is a Cardinals team that had had a, a nice run with Bruce Arians, I mean, but didn't quite. I think it was 2015 or 2016. Yeah, 2015 they made the conference. It was the year the um, Panthers won the Super, went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Broncos Broncos won it. So yeah, they, they, and the Panthers Super Bowl absolutely 50. wiped the floor of them in the, in the championship game. Um, but then it was like it, that was their year when they would have won it. It was this kind of star-studded team, sort of Carson Palmer, borderline MVP candidate, quarterback, Glaze Campbell, Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, and then Arians himself. It was like, it was a real sort of, you know, compelling team. And then they had the the Amazon, that was the first all or nothing, I think, wasn't it? That kind of- Oh yeah, it was. Um, And then, you know, from there, they, I think they, they, they had a sort of eight, seven, and one season, then eight and eight, and then Arians retires, Carson Palmer retires, Blaise Campbell leaves as a free agent, David Johnson has all these injury problems, um, and then they draft jo- Josh Rosen um, and say to oh. you know Steve Wilkes, "There you go, mate. You know, <laughs> let's let's see Enjoy. what you've got." Yeah. Um, and I think what one of the interesting things about that one is that he's so he's saying that um, he's saying that they drafted they drafted Josh Rosen kind of against his wishes and that he wanted Josh Allen, um, and then sort of digging into that a bit, 
there's a, there's actually reports from around that time that the um, the Cardinals had a deal in place with the Broncos to trade up to the fifth pick to draft Josh Allen. But I was going to say I was pretty sure that Josh Allen was taken before Rosen, but yeah, yeah. So the the um, apparently the uh, the Broncos backed out because Bradley Chubb was still available, and they so they they stuck where they were and drafted Bradley Chubb. Um, and and basically what 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 Steve Wilkes's claim centers around is the fact that after that three and thirteen season, he was fired um, despite having three years left on his contract, whereas Steve Kime. Uh, who had one year left on his contract was given an extension of where so they were happier to pay um, the guy that chose uh, the quarterbacks that was one of the reasons yeah exactly. yeah and they were happy so they were happy to pay Steve Wilkes for the rest they're happy to pay off his three-year contracts um, and then give Steve Kine an extension I mean you, you could say that and this is the season obviously when Steve Kine had a uh, a drink driving conviction Dr- as well got suspended. Yeah. Um, but I guess if, if I was the Cardinals, I guess I, I would probably say that, you know, Steve Kime had quite a bit of credit in the bank. You know, he, he also put together that, that really that good team, team yeah. with a mix of great draft picks. Um, I mean, to be fair, a really good team that wasn't good well. until Bruce Arians came along yeah. and then he's absolutely wrecked there current um cap space by signing loads of old people re-signing them because they were good for a year and letting people yeah. like Chandler jones go and now he's got yeah. another extension i'm i'm not the biggest steve kind fan in the world anyway <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i've, I've not to be honest with you I've, I've not um i've not looked into it quite closely enough to, to sort of say either way but i think that that would be what i was saying if i was the cardinals to try and sort of defend that it'd be you know this guy yeah. drafted yeah Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Calais Campbell, you know, that's a pretty decent track record. And then obviously decent free agents as well. And Palmer, Chandler Jones, you know, the, the, he built a good team. He, he, he basically yeah, built yeah. a Super Bowl team um, he did. That, that kind of flops in the championship game. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough one. I think one, one thing that occurred to me is I, I think there'll be particularly the... Um, uh, the Cardinals' ownership um, and the other sort of uh, the other teams that are sort of in the firing line for this um, uh, for this lawsuit will be uh, should be sending Jed York a box of chocolates for um, the Jim Tomsula year um, because that that that's going to be their kind of trump card. It's like, well, yeah, we, we, <laughs> there was this guy Jim Tomsula. He 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 was a sort of bridging coach. He got treated badly. He, was sacked after one season and he's going to kind of be the little poster boy that they can rely on for you know yeah. it's, it's not just black coaches it's all coaches that we treat badly we deem them as you know not the sort <laughs> we of treat everyone badly it's yeah, fine exactly. yeah, yeah, horrible exactly. to um so yeah i mean it, it's 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 the same as the it's the same as the, the colin kaepernick uh, collusion lawsuit you know without yeah. the without the actual smoking gun evidence of racism it's just what they're the only thing they can really bank on is the sort of wave of public sentiment you know that's gonna excuse me that's that's behind this whole issue um and hope that you know and i suppose the nfl already are doing different things even though they said within what was it half an hour that allegations were without merit um yeah but if you're the nfl you could say that his allegations were without merit but we can still do we can always do more yeah exactly. to ensure equality within yeah, our sport you can spin it, aren't you? Yeah. yeah i think so we're basically in the exact same situation that the nfl may adopt some of these suggestions from flores but realistically that's probably the best that he's help able to help for, yeah. hope for from the resultants of this lawsuit yeah i mean you'll see that on you know when when these when the news of these these two of uh, wilkes and, and horton joining the, the lawsuit came out it's you know there's the certain commentators who are saying oh, you know the nfl they can't they can't hide anymore they you know they, they have to confront this this is three coach it's like yeah you know that's that's fine but where's the where's the evidence of racism you know, show, yeah. the, 
there may well be, you know, there may well be a bunch of NFL owners kind of sort of chatting to each other saying, oh, God, that you dare hire a black coach. But the, but probably not, uh, let's be honest. But, um, and, unle- and, and unless you have it as well, then, like yeah. you said, you, you can't do anything. No. Um, but look, it's... I think, yeah, I don't mean to sort of rehash over everything we talked about last time, but um, yeah. it, it's, you know, I guess just just because you don't have that kind of um, direct evidence of a racist motive, it doesn't mean that there's not been some sort of unconscious bias no. at play. Um, maybe there has, maybe there hasn't. You know, but the, you don't know what's in people's heads. Um, it's it's all about it's all about evidence, um, which yeah. they are lacking at the moment. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, a pretty damning evidence for ep, um, episode rather for humanity in the NFL, but an interesting one. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I was just trying to think how the hell I'm going to promote this on socials without <laughs> without just a big old picture of Deshaun Watson or Brian Flores there. So that's good. That's going to be fun for me to figure out tomorrow. Uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, next next time we get you on, Charlie, we'll try and do um, about something fun, a bit something a bit more positive, but. <laughs> It's difficult with um, your area of expertise, but we can actually do something football-based next time, hopefully, if that interests you. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, as I said at the beginning, yeah. I, I, I find all the, the contract stuff really sort of fascinating, just because it's so because it's so sort of transparent, and you know, mm. there's, there's yeah. so much to go at. But but yeah, yeah. something football-related, I can, I can I'm sure I can stretch yeah. to that as well. Be. He'll be resident yeah. contract explainer as well. Then, well, oh, there we'll we go. We'll the... Keep giving you longer and longer job titles. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But, yeah, yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure yeah. you check out all of our socials at the Dropback on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Charlie, thanks again for joining us. Legend. It's been great. Pleasure. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak. Joe Costanzo and Sam Wilson. <laughs>